You are listening to the Starshot Podcast, a Genesis actual play. I'm Kirby, your host and game master, and this is the primer for Season 1 Starshot. In this episode, I'm going to briefly talk about the origin of Starshot, the show format, and release schedule, and also get into the setting, uh, but in broad strokes. Starshot is an actual play using Fantasy Flight's Genesis RPG system, but it has its roots in another game, a power by the Apocalypse game called Worldfall, which is a sci-fi offshoot from Legacy Life Among the Ruins 2nd uh, Edition. In that game, the players control different factions referred to as Cabals that landed on an alien world, or more in our case, crashed into an alien world. The game plays generation by generation, zooming in and out from an overarching political level to the character level. Our game takes place in that very setting, but 30 years later with a new cast of characters and minus the overarching faction system from Worldfall. And so you're going to hear references to names used in that system, primarily the various Cabal playbooks such as World Soul or Guardians of Eden. Worldfall itself is a perfectly fine system. I recommend checking it out if you ever liked old school games like uh, Alpha Centauri by Sid Meier. We switched, however, to Genesis to better suit the show format. Unlike a conventional actual play where we have everyone at the table slinging dice, this show focuses on one-on-one play. Uh, all the players agree to make characters that exist in the same time and space as one another, but they aren't necessarily playing together, and I'm not necessarily going to force an intersection between their storylines. That said, it's still a small colony 30 years later after the initial worldfall, the initial landing, but the intersecting storylines has a high probability of happening, um, hopefully organically. As such, we are releasing a single chapter per player character every two weeks. They're going to be titled by the name of the PC and chapters that involve more than one PC will likely have a fancy name. Uh, Because the players are acting separately and have agreed not to fill each other in on what they're doing, you can very well just pick your favorite PC and follow that PC's chapters and be just as surprised as that player uh, when things come up in the game that are a direct result of another player. Because of that format, you are going to hear some of the same stuff being told to players as they learn more about the world and as they interact with the world. They're go- you're going to have like this overlap of information since they're learning about it at the same time, uh, especially in this first chapter, I think. Part of the reason why we're doing this format is because, well, it can be pretty hard to get all of my players to align their schedules for us to even do one game together. The other reason is just strictly because this has been something I've been wanting to do for a while. It's like the separate points of views that you find in your standard fantasy novels like Game of Thrones or popular TV shows like perhaps... uh, The Expanse is probably not the best example of it, but stuff like that and video games like uh, Detroit Become Human where you had these various characters uh, that you played as but they had little to do with each other directly most of the time except for a few intersections and well I'm not going to really spoil that. My players have been enjoying it 
so far, and I hope you do too. To bring this to a conclusion, because we don't have a proper Session Zero recording, and much of the original recordings we had while playing World Fall is rough and untouched in terms of editing, I'll just provide a few brushstrokes for context before launching you into things. Um, if I find several chapters down the line that we're still not really painting a broader view of the characters of the world, we might do like feature highlights where we talk about a certain aspect of the setting or we get players uh, on board on the same same episode together to just kind of do an overarching like hey this is what my character is, is what we're about but hopefully we'll do a good job if I do my job right you'll learn about these characters in the setting organically and as appropriate because I, I don't really like the idea of just hitting you with a wall of exposition um, midway during gameplay, which is why I'm doing this primer. Now, our game takes place on Janus. It's this Earth-sized moon of a nearby gas giant uh, way across from uh, where Earth is. Uh, this is taking place vaguely several hundred years into the future, and humanity has left Earth to explore new worlds by using a wormhole that appeared in Earth's solar system. Through a mishap on board the original colony ship known as the Deliverance, the colonists found themselves hurled out of the warp stream and into the planet they now colonize. Greeted by hostile weather and wildlife, the colonists quickly learned that Janus wasn't like any other planet they'd studied before. It had not one, but two souls. It, it was this living planet, uh, which is a playbook in the actual Worldfall game. You can actually have a player who plays as this world soul, and this is actually the result of a decision that a player made, that there were these alter egos uh, battling it out, and one that wanted to help the colony, the other that wanted to destroy the colony. And that was a very interesting space to play through. Eventually, a sort of ceasefire was arranged between the colonists and these two alter egos, and the colonists were given a sentry uh, to find a new home. Because the wormhole has disappeared, it's not as easy as simply uh, building a few frigates or transport ships and going back into that wormhole. When they were uh, jettisoned out of the warp stream, they lost their chance at faster and light travel. So they essentially went about building a giant generation ship to carry the colony across the stars. And they also have to figure out where in the universe they even are and find a new place to go and because we're taking a sort of hard sci-fi slant you know the construction of the orbital station and the generation ship is takes a long time uh, and there are no other means of faster than light travel although obviously the spacefaring technology is more advanced uh, than what we currently have in today's world, uh, if you imagine a sort of take on it like The Expanse, where it could take them weeks to get from point A to point B across Earth's solar system, this is pretty much the same idea, more or less. Um, our setting does include clones and bioroids, and these people are, well, they're not treated as people. On the clone side of things, they are basically treated as non-persons and used as just an additional workforce. And this part of this is from an old world stigma uh, where basically the clones were treated as not having souls, as being barely better than animals, uh, 
and uh, that mainly springs from the fact that the old world was overpopulated and having these clones was just another mouth to feed. Um, in our setting, unlike the Expanse, uh, Mars colonization was an absolute failure. Uh, there are no terraforming technologies. Um, there are a few space stations back home, but the project, like the Deliverance Project, essentially was humanity's last hope using this wormhole. There are a couple other generation ships that use that wormhole. It is unsure uh, how they have been faring as the Deliverance was the only colony ship to actually get jettisoned out of the uh, wormhole and because there's no galactic spanning uh, what's the word ansible uh, they haven't been able to even contact home and frankly they're not even sure where the old world is and so now we're kind of dealing with a new generation of humans who have never seen earth outside of hollow pictures and the stories that their older generation has told um, that said we kind of have uh, th we do have this older older generation that do rem that does remember uh, the old world and is just trying to make the best of things right now Byroids, to quickly touch on them uh, I am grabbing the word from fancy flights Android Netrunner setting Byroids are essentially androids they just kind Kind of they have some trappings of human appearance like they have like a face that actually has skin for the most part uh, but you can tell if they're not wearing the right clothing you can tell right off the bat that they are more machine than man or at least that is what appears on the on the surface and we certainly have a character who's going to be exploring what it means to be a biroid and i'm pretty excited about that I think that's about it for the primer. If you have any questions or want the latest news on the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at StarshotPod. That is one word, StarshotPod. Uh, I hope you enjoy our show. All music featured is provided by one of our players, Solid, aka James, whose work can be found at solid.bandcamp.com. We also owe him a thanks for doing up the fancy logo for the podcast, and hopefully we'll see you among the stars.